Welcome to OceanFit's Onshore Podcast, where Andre Slade, that's me, meets the unordinary people of the open water swimming and water safety community onshore to talk about their adventures, lifestyle and passion for the offshore. In this episode, I met up with Gavin Rafferty, one of only two people to have swum in every one of the iconic Lawn Peter Pub Ocean Swims. Today I have the pleasure of interviewing who could affectionately be called the granddad of Victorian open water swimming, Gavin Rafferty. Now Gavin is a special man. He has swum all 40 of the Lawn Pier to Pub open water swims. It's quite an achievement, Gavin. It is. You've got to be very, very lucky to be able to front up 40 times in a row and get there and have the opportunity to be there. When I met uh, Gavin just a moment ago at his lovely house here in Geelong, I thought, geez, you can't be 79. You look pretty young for your age. Is that down to the open water swimming that you've taken I, part in over your life? Yeah, I'd say, you know, I've, I've swum most of my life and uh, it's it's my means of keeping fit, yes. That's true, yeah. So how did you get into swimming? When did you become a swimmer? Oh, well, at school I was always the first emergency for the swimming, the swimming team, so I got swam at school. But I joined Fairhaven Surf Club in uh, 1959 and uh, swam there and competed in the R&R, Rescue Resuscitation Team, and um, and it's now 60 years and I'm still a member of Fairhaven Surf Club. And Fairhaven is about 14 kilometres away from Lawn. So I've seen a fair bit of Lawn apart from the swims in that time as well. So you've got your bronze medallion. You've done done your life saving over the years. I well. have, I have. Yes, I was an instructor and a, uh, uh, IRB captain, club president. Lots of different things to do with the surf club. So it's really yeah. part of your lifestyle: being down at the beach, being a lifesaver, and just being an ocean swimmer. Yep, yeah, that's right. That's true. Yeah, yeah. And the other lucky thing was that um, we we built a little. Uh, Beach sack down at Aries Inlet, which again is near Fairhaven and near Lawn, near both of them. Yes, it's a beautiful so, part of the world down here, isn't it? It's pretty special, and Victorians love it. Oh, it is, and it, along the Great Ocean Road, it's absolutely terrific. And I guess my favourite town place at times is Lawn. It's a magic place. Love going there. And uh, enjoy swimming there. Um, it's just a little bit sheltered, so uh, um, on a on a rough day elsewhere, it can be not really nice at long. Yeah. So if you cast your mind back forty years, how did you know there was a swim coming up at Lawn, and what did that first event look like? Well, well, if we went back forty-one years, um, I was around. Lawn at a surf carnival. I was swimming in the over 40 swims then. And uh, it was a great day. It was a beautiful day. And after the surf carnival finished, <coughs> some of the lawn members said, oh, we're going to go around to the pier and swim back. 
and anyone else want to do it? So I put my hand up and we walked around at, at Lawn. You walk around to the pier from the clubhouse and, and swam back. So that was the first time I actually did the swim. The next year, it was, I again, I think, I can't remember, it was straight after the surf carnival the, that they had their organised swim. And so um, there were about 110 or 120 of us went round and, and did that swim from the pier back around to the surf club. And it was very, very interesting. But the pier there at that stage was a... Uh, old wooden pier, but it had two levels and it was pretty high. And they used to start the swim off the pier. So you'd walk out on the pier and, and then at that stage there'd be a go and everyone would jump in or dive in from the pier from two different levels. The t- top level was too high for me, so I was on the bottom level, but it was a bit dangerous because the others were coming in over the top of you. <laughs> but So that was the first a few swims, we swam that way. And then they it all got refined as the numbers went up and, uh, of course, it's a far different operation now. Oh, absolutely, and we'll, we'll talk about that shortly. So the distance from the pier to the pub is? 1.2K. And it's always just been that one swim from the pier to the pub? Uh, they, they have had the 5K swims recently as well, but that... That would have part of the pub course in it, but other than that, they'd swim out into the bay and come around. Yeah. Other than that, every swim's been the 1.2K. Do they still jump off? No, they don't. <laughs> <laughs> They've got a nice brand-new pier there, but it was too dangerous jumping off. So now the swimmers go down the ramp beside the pier and um, it's a line of boys running out across the pier and we line up behind those boys to start. And there's a uh, every five to ten minutes, there's a, a group go off. So I guess over those 40 years, you at the start, you would have been in one of the first waves, and over the years you get pushed back further and further. Is that the way they do it? Well, Shoot the young ones off first? You, yeah, well, well <laughs> the uh, the gun swimmers, they, they, they're in the, later on in the program. But... Yes, they do it that way. They, but they mix the groups up too. You might have men and women swimming together and there might be different age groups as well. It's usually, say, groups of three to 400 at a time. So there was the pre-swim year when it was kind of just a swim, then it became number one. And then how did it kind of change over the next five to ten years? Well, with the numbers for starters and the uh, organisation of people into groups, um, because the swim runs around the, the shoreline, um, you get a constant stream of people walking around below the uh, cliffs and across the sand to get round to the start so you've got a stream of people walking around to, for their start of their race. At the pier, they're lined up in their groups ready to go, the three or 400 swimmers together, it's different caps for different categories. And then um, about f- five minutes before the swim, the, the people are allowed to go down into the water and they swim out to wherever they want to go across 
the uh, side of the pier to line themselves up for the swim. So some people swim in close to the shore, others will go out perhaps 200 metres further out and then they, they can often get the advantage of the, a wave pushing them along. Catching little swell runners back to the beach? Yeah, well, pushing them along, yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. But, so what year was it, did you think, geez, it's, it's, it's definitely something now, this event. When did it get to the size and scale where you were like, it's not just a little swim at lawn anymore? No, well, it, it, it kind of kept getting be- bigger and bigger. And uh, I know they limited the numbers to 4,000 at one stage, and but and now it's, I think there were over 5,000 entries this year, 5,300. Like they they still won't take them entries after a certain time. Um, they have this thing called the uh, Shark Bait Club, and if you swim 10 swims, you're a member of the Shark Bait Club, and you will be guaranteed of an entry for the next year. Um, so, so you've uh, had that four times? Yeah, I've got that four times. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. But, but it makes, makes – and we get in first anyhow for the, as entries. Yeah. G'day. Kia ora. I wanted to take a quick break to tell you about Ocean Fit. Back in 2009, OceanFit started as an ocean swim school on the golden sands of Bondi Beach. But now, we've become so much more. We deliver our world-leading training to hundreds of swimmers every summer on beaches throughout Australia, and thousands learn from our free educational resources online. Our Swim Scout directory, available on our website and app, will help you find a swim buddy, connect with social swimming groups, and discover swim events throughout the country. You can also participate in one of our events. Escape with us on a wet and wild weekend or immerse yourself on a boutique ocean swimming holiday at home or abroad. So what are you waiting for? Dive right in at oceanfit.com.au. Enjoy the rest of this episode and swim free. So you're one of two that have completed it 40 times. Is there a bit of a competition between you and the other? No, we haven't really competed because he's younger, fitter um, and a better swimmer. (laughs) (laughs) But we do know each other and say good day to each other. And you showed me a couple of newspaper articles that you've started over the years. It looks, and I had to joke, that you you get rolled out every year as the ambassador for the swim. Uh, And now you've your whole family's getting involved, not only your your children but your grandchildren. They did, yes. So as it was a special occasion this year, my two sons uh, swam. Sean was swimming his 10th swim, so he's now he's a member of the Shark Boat Club. Brian swam four or five times officially and a couple of times unofficially. We won't mention that. <laughs> and uh, the three kids, they... Went into it for the first time. They did really well. They they all managed well enough. One of my youngest granddaughter has got a football injury and she can't lift her arm out of the water, so she swam with one arm swinging out of the water and the other arm through the water. And uh, 
She might have come last in her category, but she still finished. And she featured on the television too because they picked her up going into the water and they picked her up going out of the water. Oh, great. Yeah, actually, I've got that on and I think I'm on phone. Brilliant. Yeah. And how does it make you feel that you're inspiring your family to live, you know, that ocean lifestyle that you've had over all the years? Yeah, well, <clears throat> really, the kids have been brought up, well, my children, down at the beach because of their, having a house down there. And the boys, well, Sean's the one with the three children. He's carried it on. He, he uh, He's a member of the Vancouver Club now and uh, the three children are, are down there and they've done their bronze down there. And um, they do patrols down there and love going surfing, just like their father and uncle and grandfather. <laughs> So over the years when you were doing all the all the events year after year, was there ever a moment where you thought, gee, I just don't, don't know if I can be bothered training or doing it this year, but then you're like, man, I can't miss one. <laughs> well, I've got that sort of not about not missing one all the time, but the other thing is I think, yes, I should be swimming. It's good for me. As I said before, swimming is perhaps my fitness thing and uh, – so I keep it up. Um, you get slower, I can tell you that, as you get older. A lot of going up and down the one spot when you go up down the pool. Do you do most of your training in the pool? Yep, yep, yep. But if, <clears throat> that's one of the things about lawn. You can go around there quite often and you'll see someone doing the swim, not necessarily they just go down there and they go and do it. And... Uh, and during the Christmas holidays, and there's a, a group go there at eight o'clock in the morning, and they'll go out, and uh, some will go out to the pier and swim back again. Others will swim out halfway and come back, and others will walk round halfway, go the rest, swim the rest of the way to the pier, and then come back. But uh, it's a you know a really good group to get together and do that, and uh, it gives them another incentive for getting into the water and. Have a coffee, cup of coffee afterwards, you know. The coffee's the best part, isn't it? Oh yeah, that's right. <laughs> you'd have some, you'd have some stories that you've that you've heard and told over the years over a cuppa after a swim. Can you think of any any stories that have popped out over forty years, whether it was in the event or? Oh uh, well, actually, one thing about the event is it's only been postponed once. Like it's an open water swim, and. Uh, you know, it can get pretty rough down there. And uh, they do check it very carefully. And it's only once it's been postponed. And I think that was a 30th swim too. So uh, people all had to come back three or four weeks later to do the swim. But in the older times, we uh, weren't allowed to wear wetsuits. And that was pretty hard at times because... Walking from the surf club around to the pier, you'd be out in the weather and it's freezing cold, and then you'd be waiting 20 minutes or so for your turn to swim. Again, you're out in, in freezing cold. And the event of the wetsuit was a really good thing, you know. At what at what year did you put on the neoprene? 
<laughs> I reckon, well, it's, yeah, I reckon it'd be 25 years ago. Yeah, yeah. Because yeah. what's the temperature in the in that January kind of period down uh, here? 18 to 20. That's quite nice. Yeah, yeah, like it's not often the 20, it's more 18, you know, but yeah, yeah. Mm. So there's that, that's happened. I, I One swim I really enjoyed because I that was my fastest swim, really good conditions. And uh, my son, who was 15, my son Sean, he did exactly the same time. We did 15.40, I can remember that. And, like, the good swimmers do 12 minutes, but that was pretty good for me. Yeah. Yeah. Do you prefer the, the nice, sunny, calm, quiet days that the event's on, or do you prefer it a little bit challenging? I don't know. I prefer the nice, quiet days, yes. <laughs> like, lawns facing... It, faced, it faces uh, perhaps the east. Anyhow, when there's a northerly wind coming in, um, I breathe on my right side and the, the, the water is get, we get washed into my face all the time, so I don't like that. I prefer the wind coming from the south and lawn is protected from the south. It's easier just to hope for uh, the wind to come from the opposite direction rather than learn how to breathe on the other side. <laughs> I spent about 40 years breathing on in one side and it's hellish and hard after trying spend another 20 years trying to breathe on the other side. I do, I do find it hard. So the event in those, you know, when it started in those early days, it would have been, you know, a pretty low-key affair really, you know, the locals swimming in it. Now... I, I haven't done it myself yet. We were hoping to do it this year. But there's cherry pickers up in the air. There's sponsors and cars everywhere and balloons and bright, shiny things and loud music. There's a, It definitely looks it's, – it's an experience now even more than just a swim, isn't it? That's right. That's right. It's kind of being down there for the whole, whole weekend. Initially, as I said, it was swim was after a surf carnival. Or maybe at lunchtime during the surf carnival, and then they had the um, junior movement had their their annual carnival down there in the on the Saturday morning, and the swim was on in the afternoon. So that that's one reason why the numbers start to increase. After that, the boat rowers league they used to have their boat races in the morning, and then the the swim would start at twelve o'clock and take over the afternoon. But at the same time, the sponsorship. Deals came along, and there were different sponsors would come along. At one stage, I remember Cameron Ling was there um, with a group. Cameron Ling being a Geelong ex Geelong football captain, and uh, they do aerobics on the beach, and then they were given a breakfast. Um, That's lovely. That was good, very nice. And and now you you've got um, uh, well, there was a, a jeep were there. This year, and they had the uh, four-wheel drives going up, up ramps and around about and up and down, and with people riding in them. So there's just as much going on out on the on yeah the sand on, and on, on the, the sand in the morning. There is, morning. you know, like lawns a great place for coffee and stuff like that. Anyhow, but um, come um, Peter Pub weekend on the night before the swim, that's the uh, Friday night, they have a, a big run 
uh, mountain to surf. Now, uh, again, the same type of thing, you know, being so is that quite now. a recent addition, is it? Oh no, it's been going for oh yeah, it's been going a long time. Yeah, yeah, and then it's the uh, Peter Pub the next morning, but at the same time. Um, there are all these little side activities you can get, you know, go and participate in and look at and keep yourself um, uh, in, in entertained until the actual swim starts. But as, a, as I said before, it's a great spectacle when the swim starts and, and you see all these thousands of people walking around the beach and there's thousands of spectators too and then all the swimmers coming back in a constant stream for, a, say, two hours of swimmers coming back in and, in and coming in. The surf coast basically grinds to a stop on that weekend, doesn't it? The cars back up all the way to Melbourne. <laughs> well, that's pretty right. <laughs> yes, yes. Like I, I can remember one one year um, we were there and one of my sons hadn't turned up and the cars were all stacked up along the road. As far as you could see from lawn itself, the cars were still stopped. And then he came running there up. He'd be running all the way around the beach to get there. Got to do a marathon before you get to the That's right, yeah. (laughs) Because that's the culture of this part of Victoria, isn't it? There's a lot of holiday homes here and basically in the summer all the Melbourneites leave Melbourne and camp out here for the the summer. Oh, yeah, that's right, that's right. Um, You know, go Torquay and uh, Anglesey. Then down through Fairhaven, areas inlet, round the lawn and onto a Wye River and Apollo Bay, all those places, you know, the, the people go down there during the holidays. And the surf clubs kind of swell during that time as well and a lot of the trainings done over the summer. You basically have your summer members. That's true. They're, holiday members. Well, say down at Fairhaven, well, the other clubs are the same there. They're all they're based on Melbourne memberships, you know, so they do all their training, train their um, for their bronze and, and uh, medical things and all that, the resuscitation and such. As, that's all done during the holidays. Yeah, so they really do swell and they have meals on and things like that. Come winter time, they're desolate. <laughs> Has there ever been like a morphing of the surf club and the and that particular swim? I I mean. To the oh, it, to it, the clubs, put in their athletes and hope, you know, to, is there a competition for the the best club out of the Surf Coast clubs? Um, no, there's not. There's not. Because uh, the swim itself is Lawn Surf Club, but uh, you get Geelong footballers come down and they have a race. Uh-huh. Yeah, it's that, a place to be seen, really, isn't it? Oh, at that right. time of the year, it is. It is. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And of course, there's there's always a Top swimmers swimming this race. They come in. Sam Shepard, he's a he's been a top competitor over the years. Harriet Brown, yeah, she's a That's an right. iron woman who comes and smashes yeah. out the swim just for fun and heads back off on the circuit. Yeah, yeah. Um, I don't think Sam swam last year, but he's going to swim again next year. Swam this year, he's going to swim next year. Yeah, I didn't say that. The money raised from the event. Is for this the lawn surf club to help with their fundraising? Oh well, it's it's certainly it's run by the lawn surf club, and they do take f- money from it. But also that the rest of, there's money divided up around the town as well. You know, 
and the car parking around the place. That goes to different uh, township organisations. So the community gets involved. So <clears throat> the community gets involved. Well, they have to because it's the town's taken over. <laughs> yeah, that's right. So the, events got, the events got so big, it's actually kind of brought the community of Lawn and the greater area together. Yes, that's right. Yes, yeah. Oh, yeah. No, it's, it's a, like Lawn's a tourist town. But it's it's its top day, appear the pub day. No. So, what's the next five years of events look like for you? Have you got any goals you want to tick off with the the lawn swim? Have you got any other swims up your sleeve that you'd like to try? Or, well, I I swum all the uh, danger swims. That's um, Janjuk Surf Club has a swim at uh, Torquay at Point Danger. And um, I was swimming all of theirs. So I think they've done 26 swims. And Anglesey has a swim, so I go to that swim. They're, they're both kind of a build-up to the Peter Pub. And then I retire for the rest of the year, mostly. <laughs> so you train a little bit in the lead-up to summer. You've got your, your feed and feeding... Uh... Or lead up events, and then the big one, and then you retire until the next league. Yeah, I still go for a swim, <laughs> and I'll still go around the lawn and, and do that swim every now and then too. You know, especially when you've got the the old boys around there having their uh, eight o'clock swim in the morning. It used to be a three o'clock swim in the afternoon, but it got so hard to get around there because of the tourist traffic. That well, I for certain go to eight o'clock in the morning. But the people on the lawn beach who stay there, they'll, they'll, they'll swim at eight o'clock and then they'll go and do the swim again at three o'clock. So they're getting doubly fit, those ones. Yeah, so the locals do it at eight and then all the, the greater region come for the three o'clock. Yeah, and the locals will still do it at three too. Yeah, I oh, know, and it's good. And as I said before, you can go around there and, and you'll see some in the middle of the week and you'll see someone doing the swim. My only worry there is what might be chasing after you, but Order. So you like the safety of the group swimming in the event? Yeah, the odds are better, aren't they? It's safer. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, actually, there was a shark down there, uh, well, about three or four weeks before the pier to pub this year. Yeah, it'd be swimming around the pier. Is that just local knowledge? They didn't let that one out too much, did they? <laughs> no. <laughs> one of the fellows down there, Howard Hughes, is a, a well known surfer and a board rider and board paddler for surf life saving. He was the one that saw it. Yeah. Was your was your time faster that year? <laughs> Always helps something behind you. <laughs> yeah. Because you don't hear too much about you know sharks in the in Melbourne in the bay. It, it's not really talked about that much, is it? But they they're out there just like they're, every other beach. They're out there. Yeah. yeah. See, there was one down at um, Bell's Beach the other day, wasn't it? Someone got nipped. Yeah. Keeps you honest. That's right. Well, they live out there. They're there all the time, so, yeah. For new people getting into uh, open water swimming or surf lifesaving, what can you tell them about the lifestyle and the, the life you live being connected to the ocean. I reckon it's just enjoyable getting down the, on the sand and having a swim and things like that. Um, 
being a member of the surf club, that that took me down to Fairhaven and, um, you know, I spent a lot of time there as a, a young person and then getting building a house and getting down there every now and then, you know. Oh, gee, I always loved getting out on my wave ski and catching a wave, um, getting down there and body surfing. Um, I just loved getting into the water. Not so much in the winter time. It took a while since I've been in in the winter time, but there's plenty going in there in the winter time. Yeah, but I'm a bit too old now for uh, the wave ski. So I've kind of given it up now too. Well, it sounds like you've done a lot over those all those oh, years, been connected. Uh, oh yeah, yeah. I've done a lot of time with the surf club and a lot of time surfing on my own as well, or you know, surfing with the boys. Yeah. And now it's time to watch the next generation come through and oh, that's right. Yeah. <laughs> well the youngest three grandkids I uh, went and did nippers with them, you know, supervised nippers. I I've requalified every year so I could do that, you know. Did the requal with the surf life saving. Yeah. It's good but, motivation to keep swimming and keeping fit. It so. is, yeah it is. That's right. Yeah, yeah. Mm. I have a feeling that you'll be doing it until the day you die. Until <laughs> the day I can't do it, I think, yeah, yeah, that's right. Yeah, I'll, I intend to try and keep going as long as I can. Like there's one woman who was 89 this year, Dorothy Dickey, and she, she's been swimming the pier to pub. And, you know, she's, she's a bit of an inspiration when you see here is someone like that. There was another guy I'd spoke to on the beach. He was 86. And he was there swimming it, you know. It's young these days. Yeah. You're only two shark baits away from 100. That's right. <laughs> <laughs> then they'll put you on the front page of the newspaper. <laughs> yeah, that's, yes, yes, so they should, yeah. Uh, that'd be, I don't think it'll happen, but it'd be good, you know. <laughs> yeah, I'll just keep trying. That's the uh, important thing. You know. Well, Gavin, it's been a great chat. It's been great to hear about the history of the Lawn Peter pub and how you've been connected to the community down here. It's fantastic. I love the fact that you're, you're bringing your family through and connecting them to the ocean as well. Thanks for your time. Oh, I enjoy talking to you. And I do think that the Peter pub is, is one swim that's worth looking at and having a go in and, and competing in. It's your swim. It's my swim. Yeah.